everyone. My name is Pastor Maya Rodriguez. I want to welcome you to my weekly podcast. It is a true privilege to be able to share the good news of God's Word with you. Enjoy. Good morning, church. How you doing? Hey, everyone that's connected online or or, or Grace City Church online, welcome. We are so happy that you're here. And I have like a double uh, smile today because I have all of my sisters with me here today. And one of my cousins is here from Orange County. I was literally telling my husband all about my cousin Eddie and about how it was like we were like a little trio. It was my two boy cousins and myself. And I was allowed in their clubhouse. So, yes, they were boys, and they only allowed boys except me. I was allowed. I was like, I got in the group, right? And so I will never forget that, that they loved me. (laughs) They allowed me even when other guys were like, ew, girls, right? I was always their cousin, so I love that. And I'm so happy that you guys are here. And um, I just thought it was so funny. So I really woke up early because I was like, I cannot believe the day I have all my family in church Um, we are on this third part of a series, a relationship series called The Game Plan, right? Talking about the Super Bowl here, about huddling and getting together and doing all of that kind of stuff. And we've been talking about um, the offensive plays, right, in the game plan, the defensive plays. And today is the special teams, right? They're special teams for their special moments. So like my husband said, this is a PG-13 spicy message, okay? So um, we do have, oh my gosh, I spilled. Okay, give me a second, pause. you guys. So if I start sweating because I'm wearing all this clothes and a hat, just fan me. I I am hormonal, okay? I'm 44 years old. Help me, Jesus. Okay, we are in a hot house, right? We're honest, open, and transparent. That's Grace City for you. So some ground rules for today is um, number one, listen for you. Tell your neighbor it's for you. Yeah, exactly. It's for me. Okay, it's for you. And number two, so no, none of this elbowing stuff, right? You're like, listen up. No, it's for you. It's for me, right? And number two, filter everything looking forward and not regretting in the past. Like not looking backwards and blaming people for what wasn't done. We're going to be looking forward. Say with me, forward. Forward. And so in the first week, we had the offensive play of unconditional love. And where we learned that love is giving a person not what they deserve, but what they need, okay? Week two, we had the defensive play, and it was called fight right. And we learned how to create boundaries, not step out of bounds, right? How to cap time in how long we fight, that we should never let the sun come down in our anger, and how to control our words, because all of those things are out of bounds. We have to define the bounds from the beginning, not when you're in the fight, before the fight. So we have to fight right. And this week, our spicy title, right, is the special team's play is godly sex. Yes, godly sex. So hip-hop 1991 saw and Peppa said, let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about and the 
that may be. Let's talk about. Okay. I lost some of y'all. But Salt and Pepper, 1991, I was 14 years old singing this song. You might not talk to your kids about sex, but they are singing the song. As they're in their high school, their junior high, right? And they're talking and they're like, let's talk about sex, baby. Yeah, and you're like thinking, oh, no, they're too young. No, they're not. They probably know more than you, okay? Probably know more than you. So the, the, the title for today is Godly Sex. Say it with me, Godly Sex. Almost sounds contradictory, right? Always sounds like it shouldn't go. God and sex, like can we actually talk about that in church? Well, I think that's one of the downfalls about the church is that we don't talk about it enough. We don't take the time to really define it so culture defines it for us. So when we don't talk about it with our children, we don't talk about it amongst one another as, as, as um, mature individuals, then we're getting all of our content from Cosmo magazine, right? The 56 positions, you know, and the 54, how to seduce a man, like all this stuff. And we're thinking that that's really what it is. But no, sex is from God. God designed sex. And every time I say sex, I'm like, some of you guys are like, Okay, like it's like, what, God, sex, church, this is so weird. I'm, I mean, it's, if it's weird for you, imagine how weird it is for me. My parents are here, okay? Yeah, and my, and my, not just my parents, double whammy. My two girls are here. Okay, but it's okay. This is how we should talk about sex. So let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me, right? Yes, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it in church. Let's define it God's way. Let's let God, the creator of it, define it, right? So when God in the beginning in Genesis looks at Adam and Eve, his creation, these two are naked. And he's like, oh my gosh, this is what I want for you. It says, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. And no, it wasn't an agricultural principle. He wasn't telling them, go and farm the land. No, he was literally saying, make babies. Get to it. Procreate. Godly sex. Say it with me. Godly sex. Now let's get one thing straight. Satan is not a creator. Only God is a creator. Satan is an imitator and he's a perverter. So what Satan does is that he, since he can't create, he takes God's creation, twists it, perverts it, makes it adulterous, right? Anything God makes, Satan wants to come in and destroy. He wants to pervert it. Where God creates life, Satan desires death. He wants death of intimacy. He wants death of relationships. He wants death of mental health. He wants death. Look at the plan. Look at the agenda. What Jordan was just saying, wow, I was like, what? this is incredible. This could actually be extended so much more. Like their agenda, the agenda, the confusion, the, the fact that they're telling, you know, people, oh, no, it's okay. You can wait until you want to have babies, and then they struggle to have children. Right? Then, not only that, now it's the homosexual agenda. 
And now they, you can't procreate. You need a man and you need a woman unless you're in a lab or you do something different or, you, you know, you adopt. But naturally, it takes a man and it takes a woman. This is all coming against the procreation, the design of God, where he created a man to fit perfectly with a woman. This is a thing. So in sexes, a man was created for the woman, and the woman was created for the man. So that together they fit perfectly. We're not the same. We are different. We complement each other, but we were created for one another. So what does the devil do? He comes and he puts these ideas. He, he distracts us. He taints us. He takes something and he perverts it. And so in the hands of the devil, sex becomes what? It becomes dirty. It becomes pornographic. It becomes wrong. It becomes abusive. It becomes hurtful. It becomes harmful. And in many situations, I've had conversations with people, both men and women, where sex has become traumatic. Why? Because they were abused because they were molested, because they were raped, because they were introduced to something before their time. So it comes and distorts their view of it, and instead of it being something good, and then to add to this, the church says, let's not talk about it, because sex is, oh, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, you know, it's wrong, it's dirty, it's this, save it for marriage. Like, what the heck? Wait a minute. Where where does that fit? No, we have to talk about it. we got to take control of the topics that the devil has wanted to come and pervert. So the enemy, the enemy in the Bible, the enemy is called, right? We know that he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So he wants to take the truth, the truth of the word of God, God's truth that was meant to set us free, and he wants to distort it and make it something bad. Let me set this up. So Song of Solomon, right, the wisest man in the Bible, wrote this beautiful love poem. And Song of Solomon, just so that you know, like I said, he was the wisest man. But up until this chapter 4, the woman, the Shulamite woman, his bride has talked 75% of the time. Okay, guys, take note. That's how life is. Your wife, your woman is going to do 75% of the talking. Don't complain about it. It's the truth. It's what happens, okay? So 75%. And then, in the Song of Solomon 4, just know this. Solomon speaks for 11 verses before he touches her, his wife, his bride on their wedding day. He speaks to her. He tells her how beautiful she is. And this is where we are beginning Song of Solomon 4, 1 to 4. And Solomon says to his Shulamite bride, How beautiful you are, my darling. Oh, how beautiful. Your eyes behind your veil are doves. Remember, people were covered. Even now, many of us, you know, people that we got married, we still, we wore a veil and then it got revealed. So he hadn't seen her eyes. And she was of dark skin, like myself. Yes, you, the Shulamite woman in verse 1, you, you come to find that out. So when, he, when she reveals, when she pulls up her veil, he looks at her eyes, and he starts from head and 
continues, okay? This is spicy. So she says, how beautiful you are. Your eyes behind your veil are depths. Your hair is like a flock of goats descending from Mount Gilead. Don't use that line. Don't use it. Okay. But what does this mean? The reason he's saying this is Mount Gilead has black goats, beautiful goats. And when they would run down the mountain, it looked like, like all this black hair descending down. So she had, if you can imagine, in, in their traditions, they would have their hair up. So what is she doing? She's taking her hair down. Woo! Hair is coming down, okay? So that's why he's saying, oh my gosh, this is their honeymoon night. So he started with the eyes. Some of y'all, like, do you know statistics show in, in that men are ready for sex in seven seconds? They can be ready for sex in seven seconds. I'm like, I just am barely thinking about it, right? I just like, just emotionally, mentally preparing. And it takes me a few minutes to, okay, wait, what? Okay, let me go get ready. You know, I'm like, seven seconds, y'all. This is how different we are. But see, what you see here is that Solomon knows that she's not a man that she's a woman, that she needs to be talked to. She needs to be encouraged. He needs to be loving. So then he says, your teeth are like a flock of sheep just shorn, coming up from the washing. Yes, you should wash your teeth, brush them, brush them. Each has its twin. No one of them is left alone. So all her teeth were there. And he's like, I love it. Babe, you have all your teeth. You're not from a little hillbilly town in, in Alabama, right, you guys? Like, literally all your teeth are there. And it says, your lips are like a scarlet ribbon. Your mouth is lovely. Your temples behind your veil are like halves of pomegranates red. Your neck is like a Tower of David built with elegance. What is that? It's because the Tower of David was something that was very esteemed. There was, it was like, it was just like, wow. Like when you come in the room, it's not, it's not pornographic. It's not dirty. It's like, wow, you're beautiful. Like you're just, you're a princess. You know, you're my queen. You command respect. And I think that's so important here. So number one, godly sex is affirming. It's affirming. You need to use your words to affirm your spouse. And this is vice versa. Because before it's physical, it is affirming. Your words are very, very, very important. Most women can remember exactly what you said, when you said it, the weather, what you were wearing, and your facial expressions. Right, girls? Because when we get hysterical, we tend to get historical. That's just the truth. Something happens when you make us angry. When we are angry, we remember every detail, right? So you want to, rather than make her angry, you want to use your words to affirm her. Men, write this down. Tell that man next to you here, even though I know you're listening for you, but say, write it down. Come on, tell him, buddy, write it down. Men. Women need to be affirmed in who she is. You are beautiful. You are my wife. You are my one and only. There is no one like you. 
I decide, I choose you. Yes, there are many women out there, but I choose you. In the same way that you need, they need to be affirmed when you criticize her, when you compare her, let me tell you that she will never forget it. It's just a fact. It's who we are. It does so much damage to us. When, when you say, I wish you were thinner, I wish you looked like her, look at, it does so much damage to us that we can't actually be the woman that we are because you just brought us down. And we will, it just goes in our mind, it just keeps on playing again. Women, write this down. Come on, girls, I'm going after you too. This is not just after the men. Women, men, you are not a man. I'm not a man, thank God, Okay. And the men are going to amen to this. Men need to be affirmed for what he does. See, I think that Mario, because I'm a woman, so since I need to be affirmed for who I am, I say, I love you, babe. You're so handsome. He doesn't care. But when I say, oh, thank you for providing. Oh, my gosh, you went out. Wow, you did this. Wow, you closed that deal. Wow, you're so strong. Wow, you provide. Wow, you wake up early. Wow, you work so. He's like, ooh. He's like, right? He's just, it just, right, guys? You need to be affirmed for what you do. You need to know. And, and some of our fights, I just, I remember, I'm not perfect. I'm not preaching this out of perfection. You know, I'm preaching this out of almost 25 years of marriage. And I remember my husband turned to me and said, it's you don't see what I do. You never recognize what I do. And I'm thinking, I'm loving on him. I'm thinking that he needs to be known, oh, you look so cute today. And you look, no, but that's what I need. But that's not what he needs. And see, biblically, we are to be servants, not in the bad sense of the word, but like Jesus, to serve one another. So I need to become what he needs, and he needs to become for me what I need. That's why it is called a marriage. Can I get an amen? So use your words. Text messages, you guys, in the middle of the day. Prepare the way, like John the Baptist, right? Prepare the way before you get home. Those text messages to one another, you want to drive your man crazy, and I'm talking about husbands and wives. Don't you be doing this if you're a girlfriend or boyfriend. Parents, put the parent control on your kid's phone so any of those words pop up on yours. But yes, but no, control on, no controls on ours, right? When you're married, you want to drive him crazy, send him a text. I'm ready for you tonight. He will not be able to work. Or he will work and get it done. And he's like, shows up at four. I thought you were out at five. I'm here. I'm ready. I've been thinking about this. You're driving me crazy. Yes, and if you're driving him crazy, then the secretary is not driving him crazy. See, you got to get his mind. You got to get her mind or the trainer is going to have her body. And if the trainer is the only one that's saying, oh, you're looking good. Oh, everything's getting into their place and stuff. And she comes home and doesn't get any affirmation from you. She's going to be so dry that whatever she gets, she's going to hold on to. So we have to use our words. Say, use your, our words. Yes, Song of Solomon 4.5 says this. You're too, I told you guys it's PG-13, but I'm, only do, I'm just reading the Bible. I'm just reading the Bible. Your two breasts are like two fawns. Fawns are baby deer. Tender. It says they're tender baby deer with the little Bambi eyes. 
And it says, and not only are they two, and they have to be under a year old, so they're like, oh, they're so cute, right? And they're there. And then, yes, they're both of them. And it says, like twin fawns of a gazelle that browse among the lilies. So they're just looking in the lilies, right? And if, if you men are hunters, how many hunters, how many like guns and like to go hunting, right? And you see the two fawns, you see a, a fawn there, you see a deer, you're not going to go, no, you're going to run away, right? They're like, oh, how do you, you sneak up on them. You're like, oh, I gotcha, right? You come, and you're just like, I told my husband, I'm like, hey, let's play hide and go seek, and just in case, I'm hiding in the closet, right? No. They're two baby fawns, and he's like, this is so, yes, because godly sex is tender. It's tender. What's appropriate? What's appropriate, people say? Be creative. But always filter, always filter through the ne- her needs, what, where she puts the parameters. Again, this is for married people. You're, you're in a relationship, this is your parameter. That's it. You've gone farther, you're going too far. Because sex was actually designed by God to go all the way. Don't start something you can't finish. And a lot of us are starting stuff, and so we put it, and it's like, and you either change gears or something's going to happen to the car. So a lot of you girls are playing with the boys, and you're riling them up, and you're wondering why now, married, he's addicted to pornography. Because you used to heat them all up and leave them there, or vice versa. Because godly sex actually was meant to whatever you start, you need to finish. Some of y'all are like, huh, did you hear that? Yeah, but it's for marriage. That's why all of this is for marriage. So that you can finish and you can love one another and just, you know, be with one another. So what's appropriate, like I said, always filter through that. What is comfortable for her and what is comfortable for him. Song of Solomon 4, 6 says, until the day breaks and the shadows flee. I will go to the mountain of myrrh and in the hills of incense, like all night long, all night long. Number three, godly sex. So godly sex, right, is affirmative. It it is tender. It's passionate. It needs to be passionate. Godly sex is passionate. God wants us to have life and to have it to the fullest in everything. In everything God made is good. It says passion, passion takes effort. It takes effort. You got to put work into it. It takes that work. And the biggest lie the devil uses to come against marriages is the grass is greener on the other side. Is I just don't feel the butterflies. All the butterflies have converted into worms, right? They're back at worms. They're, they're caterpillars in my stomach. No, they're but, they could be butterflies. But it takes, the grass is not greener on this other side. The grass is greener where you water it where you take care of it, where you fertilize it, where you have upkeep. So we have to upkeep. we got to put the work in into the passion. You work so hard to get one another, to get her, to get him. But then you get married and you stop. Like where is that passion? People are like, oh, marriage is so hard. It takes so much work. It shouldn't be this hard. It was hard to get her. You had to bring her flowers. You had to pick her up. You got you to gotta bathe. 
You showered before you went. You put on cologne and now you're like, honey, I'm here. Right? You're like, what the heck? Go shower. Like, what's wrong with you? Right? And you're like, oh, it's so much work. No, it's because you used to care. See, what's really missing is you don't care anymore. And I'm talking to the girls and the guys. You don't care. So then we all know girls. We all have those pajamas, the ones that are four inches thick. No light. There is no transparency in those. Those are like passion killers. We know what we're doing when we put those on. We're like, right? And like, oh, no, nothing is getting through this. No one's getting near me, right? And once we put the bun, our hair in a bun, we're literally saying, it's closed for business. Like, it is closed for the day, for the night. Don't even get close to me. But the thing is that we used to care. And we used to put on the perfume and the lipstick and the eyelashes. And we used to do the little tickles and do all of that. But why is it that we want to do all of that when we're boyfriend and girlfriend, when we shouldn't be doing it, but yet we get married, and when we can do it, we no longer want to? See, it's the devil's plan. He takes everything that's good and wants to taint it. The devil was, will always offer you, and listen to this, he will always offer you a counterfeit. A counterfeit. We're going to go deeper into this in the marriage retreat. I knew, we need to do like a marriage retreat singles version, right, you guys? Literally, I'm like feeling in my heart. But the devil wants to offer you a counterfeit that doesn't take work. He wants to offer you counterfeit sex. What is that? Pornography. He wants to offer you something that will get you riled up in 30 seconds, in seven seconds, right? In a minute, in five minutes, something that you could just click on, you can enjoy. And that's girls and guys. I'm not just talking to the guys here, right? Something that you say, oh, I don't have to work so hard. This just makes it easier. But when he offers you that counterfeit, what you're doing is you're replacing your spouse. You're not going. See, when you're not hungry, even a filet mignon, you're like, oh, no. When you're not hungry, when you've already had enough. So when you've been watching the pornography, you're playing with those toys or using all of this stuff, what happens is your spouse comes home or you, and now you're like, because you've been playing all day with the secretary and you've been flirting. So you get home and you're tired. You don't have any more. You don't need to be flirted with. You don't need to be told this or that because you've already had your feelings. You're full. But when you're hungry, you look to your spouse for comfort. You search out and you need. So if your husband's always after you, thank God. He's hungry. If your wife is always after you and you're like, what's wrong with her? She's been waiting for you. She needs you. Give God glory that she's looking for you and not for someone else or not for that TV show, right? Seriously. So number four, and with this I close because my son-in-law's on the piano. Thank you for the music. <laughs> Thank you for the music. Godly sex is secure. You should feel secure with each other. It should be a, a place where you don't feel intimidated, where you don't feel like I'm going to give myself to this person. He might not be there. And that's why it shouldn't be done out of marriage. Because sex out of marriage is not secure. You don't know if the person you wake up with or maybe doesn't even stay the night is going to come back. If you got a question if they're going to text back, 
Why are you giving them everything that you are? Why are you selling yourself so short? Like you are so amazing. Value yourself. We got to value ourselves to know, wait a minute. I'm not for free. I'm not at Ross. I'm not on the sales rack. I'm not a two for one. No. You want this, you got to pay for it. Right? You got to pay for it, both of you. I'm not just talking about the man. I'm talking about the women as well. We got to be devoted. It should be secure. Song of Solomon 4, 9 to 11 says, You have stolen my heart, my sister, my bride. You have stolen my heart with one glance of your eyes, with one jewel of your necklace. How delightful is your love, my sister, my bride. How much more pleasing is your love than wine, the fragrance of your perfume than any spice. Your lips drop sweetness. Here's the first kiss. So all these verses, just to get a kiss. This is a long journey, but she's worth it. He's worth it. It says, your lips drop sweetness as a honeycomb. My bride, milk and honey are under your tongue. Not just a kiss, a French kiss. A thousand nine hundred years before France was a nation, they say it was a French kiss. It was actually a Hebrew kiss. It was intense. It was an open mouth. It was intimate. And it was passionate. And it was the bride with her groom and the groom with his bride. Song of Solomon 4.12 says, you are a garden locked up, my sister, my bride. You waited for me. See, for three chapters, it was don't give it. Not yet. Not yet. We're preparing. We're preparing. Not yet. And here, finally, it's their honeymoon night. They're at the four seasons. Sweet, right? Beautiful, sweet. Jacuzzi tub. The candles are lit. All of the guests have gone home. It says, you are a garden locked up, my sister, my bride. You waited for me. But now it says, you are a spring enclosed, a seal fountain. But then it, to end, it says, godly sex is holy. Why? Because now she is ready. Now she is going to give herself to her husband. It's holy. Just as weird as godly, godly sex is to hear that sex is holy. But it actually is. Did you know that when you become intimate with someone, you become one with them? It says that your spirits are one. When you give yourself to that man, when you give yourself to that woman, you are becoming one with that person. It is something so, so beautiful. But yet, holy, you say, oh my gosh, holy moly guacamole, right? Where you're like, no, it hasn't been holy. I've actually done it with everybody right? I've tried everything. Like, what the heck, pastor? Like, I'm not naive. I'm not thinking that I'm talking to a room full of virgins. That's not, that's not the intention. Actually, the intention is not even, it says that the law, right, is not here actually for us to even try to measure up to it because we never will. Actually, Jesus came to say, I know you can't. I know it's been hard, but I have died to wash you from those sins, to purify. So if you were molested or you were raped or you were just really hot and, you know, 
just giving yourself to everybody because you were very hormonal. Like, literally, you can come to God with that. That's what I want to tell you. You can come to God with that. You can come and say, hey, it hasn't been holy for me. It hasn't been tender. It hasn't been passionate. It hasn't been safe for marriage. But I hope that this time you would say, I want it to be. Jesus, I want it to be. God, before you, my Father, like, I want it to be. I don't want to keep on doing and falling for what Cosmo tells me or thinking it needs to be done this way. I want it to be done your way. And so when you say that, you need to understand that Jesus died. He paid for our sins, but he also cleansed us. He cleansed us from that. So Jesus makes all things new. He makes us clean. He makes us pure. He makes us holy. He washes us white as snow. And he says, don't let anybody look down on what I have already purified. So your eyes can be cleansed. Your mind can be cleansed. Your heart can be cleansed. Your body can be cleansed. You can be purified. And let me tell you, you can unite with your husband. You can unite with your bride. As, as, as virgins in what sense? In a pure heart and a pure mind. You can say, whatever was done yesterday, I come before you, God, and I need your hand to be upon that. Because I'm drawn to this. Because I've already opened this, but I need you to help me. And so I don't have to be there. Sadly, some people not only went too far because of their choices, but for some it was forced on you. You were taken advantage of. You were introduced to things that you shouldn't have been introduced to at a very early age. And there's hurt. And there's brokenness. And it's called abuse. So you think of sex and you think it as something dirty and something harsh and something that, and I'm just letting you know right now that God knows. And, and it's precisely for that that he sent his son. And it's precisely for that that Jesus said, I will pay the price. I've heard you. I've seen you. Every day with the help of the Holy Spirit, when you receive Jesus, the Holy Spirit actually becomes inside of you. And the Holy Spirit works inside of you, cleanses you from the inside out, and he's working in this process of sanctification. So he's taking that. So when you're called and you're attracted to go back and, and click on that site again, you're like, man, help me. And even if you fall, it says seven times the just will fall, but seven times I will pick him or her back up. So it's a struggle. Trust me that your struggle is a struggle as my struggle is a struggle. We all have them. Yours might have a different name. I don't want you to feel called out or, or pointed at because we all struggle with something. We're all tainted in the thing of sex with, in some way. But, but I'm telling you that what we have to do is run to God and receive Jesus. So how do you close a message like this at 1037 in the morning? Well, with James chapter 1, be ye doers of the word and not just hearers. Just kidding. I don't think you guys got that. <laughs> Go and do it. Okay, no. No, no, no. Song of Solomon for the married people. Daughter, be ye doers of the word, not just hearers. Make this man a happy man, right? The same thing. Yes, it's, it's good. That's what, how it should be done. But Song of Solomon 4, 15 to 16, stand to your feet. It says this, for all the married couples and all you that are getting ready. It says, you are a garden fountain, a well of flowing water streaming down the Lebanon. So for four chapters, you know, it was closed off. It was something that couldn't be done. But then he says, 
Awake, north wind, and come, south wind. Blow on my garden, and its fragrance may spread everywhere. Yes, he's, she's talking about her body. She's inviting him in. She's saying, would I have said just to know, to? Now, at the Four Seasons, on our honeymoon night, I say awaken. Yes, blow on my garden, that its fragrance may spread everywhere. Let my beloved come into his garden and taste its choice fruits. Some of y'all going to go be students of the Song of Solomon after this, huh? And I want to close with this. Godly sex isn't just the right way. It's the better way. Godly sex is not just a right way. It's a better way. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with your family, friends, frenemies. Lord knows we all need more Jesus. Until next week.